0: Good morning everyone, this is Pastor Troy Baum with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies coming to you live right here from our studios in sunny, very sunny central Florida. And with me once again today is Scott Durant. Scott Durant. Scott Durant, Scott Durant it's good to have you back brother and from your little foray into Southern Florida, the last couple of days. But good to have all of you here as well. Uh, and thank you so much for joining us right here for the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. And it's good to have you here. If you're joining us for the very first time, the Raven Institute is a ministry of Raven Ministries International. And if you want more information on Raven Ministries International, we encourage you to go to our website at www.biggrace.com. www.biggrace.com. And if you will put your credit card number in this teasing brother. <laughs> we want you to jump out of your seat. Everything's free. You can actually click on Raven Nation and actually find out where we have teams scattered all across the United States and into eastern Canada as well. And if you want to hear our classes, we're doing an expository teaching is what we're, if you've joined us for the first time, in the book of Romans. We're on the 14th chapter. And this is going to be class number, help me out Deb, what is it? Class number 185. If you want to hear the previous classes, you can actually go to the website and click on Raven Institute. And you'll see just a little embedded, your own personal little electronic iPod there. And all of the previous classes, it's all up to date as of yesterday, are there. And you can actually download those classes uh, in their format. And what's on there, the scripture references, I believe, are on each one. So you can kind of know which one you're looking at. And there's a Bible on there you can click and go right to the word. It's really, really a neat thing. And, uh, we, we started this, uh, Brother Scott last, last May. And Brother Steve, some of you guys will see Steve. He's actually, it's Iggy on here. His last name is Ignowski, if you wonder where Iggy come from. But, um, we started recording that and we were putting these online. He said, hey, let's record these and put them. So we started using another, uh, uh, format to put them and make them available. Hmm. But as, as many of these things do, they started selling advertising, pornography, and everything else. And so, man, we just kind of got discouraged. Try to find another one and start doing the same thing. But this one that we're on now is a Christian. It's strictly sermons. It's uh, messages from the Word of God. So it is a tremendously, it's a very good, uh, uh, tool to be able to make these available to you. Everything on there, guys, is free. We don't sell anything whatsoever. Freely we receive, freely we give. And we just mm-hmm. want to make it available to as many people as, um, wow, want to that. have uh, access. Access to it, and so if uh, yeah, good job, Raven Deb, and uploading them. She does a great job right here. And so if you guys uh, want those, please go to those and download those and use them. Burn them on a disc, pass them around, and I believe the people's going to really get some good stuff uh, for and from that teaching. So once again, thank you for for joining us here. When it comes right down to it, folks, we're about just lifting up Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and just lifting up the power of God. Uh, question for Pastor: Troy. What does he think of the revival in Lakeland? Is it Real I, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to answer that today. I, I have been touching on it a little bit, but we will we, we're going to talk about that a little bit in detail on our Tuesday night broadcast. Tuesday night, we have the Raven Nation uh, uh, broadcast. And it's at 8:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're going we're to we'll devote probably the whole uh, segment uh, of the Raven Nation next Tuesday night strictly in dealing with that because I believe it'll give us a better format, and uh, and really for me personally, just an opportunity to really pray. It uh, and I will say this, Brother Roy, that you know it, it's really caused me to really search the Scripture to get on my face, mm. and I was sharing with these guys before we open live. It, it, it's it put me in a situation where really I'm, I'm praying hours a day strictly for one thing, not to get something, anything else, just for discernment, period. You know, I don't want to fall into the realm of uh, of not rightly dividing the word of truth, of being deceived, or, or even missing out on something God is want to do. I, I, I don't decide. We pray for revival, brother. You know we do. Mm. And we cry out for souls and all these things. And, and I don't want, just because something's not packaged the way I want, to to discount it but at the same time if something just because something looks good on the surface and it seems to be producing results at the same time i'm not one to embrace those things but i I definitely have very strong opinions on that at this point but i want my opinions to move beyond opinions and and i want to have the discernment of the lord i I believe god has made us watchmen and so i don't believe that when we speak we have to speak uh half-heartedly i I believe that when i'm going to speak in this, after surf- uh, seeking the face of God, I want to speak with authority on the subject matter, and, and and not not in a critical way, but definitely in a way. Um uh, of discerning the things that are going on. So, I'll just, I'll just put it out to you that way and let you know that we're planning on dealing with that issue Tuesday uh, on Tuesday night because I believe it's something that really does. I get calls, I'm inundated with it. Brother Steve and I, uh, just between us, you know, we've been uh, dialoguing back and forth and just really uh, raking over our own hearts and souls on this issue in prayer. And uh, I believe something does need to be said, and we'll, we'll talk about it on, on Tuesday night uh, from a really a biblical standpoint of things. So, Tune in then, Brother Roy. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, thank you for the question because I know that it is really something that is really sensitive on people's hearts, especially people that are crying out for revival and want to see God do a move in these last days. So thank you so much for, for coming. And, and you know what I think what helps in discerning? What we're doing right here today.
1: Amen. It does.
0: Time Folks, there, the word. There's so many things that, honestly, in the flesh that I would love to embrace it looks like a good time, and I'm talking about going back years and years. You talk about things that happen, and you look at things that have been called revival in the last, say, 10 years. The Toronto blessing, the, the things that happened in Pensacola, various places around the United States, Jacksonville, the things that happened in Melbourne, Florida. And I could go on and on. And you know, in the natural, sometimes you want to embrace those things. Mm-hmm. But for me, you know, I don't. I don't want. I, you know, sometimes I just want to beat my head and say, God, why do I have to be so? analytical sometimes. Why do, I have to, uh, why do I have to be one that just got to always search the Scriptures if it's so? Why do I have to be so Berean-like at times? Why can't I just get on the bandwagon? It seems like these people are having a great time and they go on and whatever else because it's this Word. You know, I know from a young man that I've hidden this Word in my heart that I won't... Miss the mark that I that I I won't sin against Him, and so when something runs aground on that word, I don't care how good it looks. I mentioned what A. W. Tozer said. He said, "You know what? I don't care if a angel comes to me telling me something." He said, "If he can't give me Bible on it, if he can't give me chapter and verse, I'm going to send him on his way." Way. And folks, really, we need Hmm. to uh, to have that type of mentality as well. That uh, Paul the apostle said, "It. I don't care if it's me or an angel from heaven comes preaching another gospel. Let them be accursed." And so, folks, what we're doing now is really qualifying us. To be able to speak into them situations. It does. Because we we pray. Because we are in the Word. It's not We're sitting somewhere some armchair quarterback just punching a clock for an hour on Sunday mornings. Listen, we're we're, we're students of the Word of God. And we're followers after Christ Jesus. And as a result of that, it does. It gives us the authority. And it gives us the obligation to speak into those times. So what we're doing today is we're qualifying ourselves to speak into that question. Amen? Amen? So, brother, I want you to pray, open up, that God will give us that enlightenment today, that He'll Amen. He'll reveal Himself to us in His Word, that it will be a lamp to our feet, to be a light to our path. Because, brother, there's some darkened places that we've got to step into. There's Amen. some unsteady uh, ground that, 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 that seems like we're going to have to traverse, but we've got to have the Word. We've got to have the intimate knowledge of the Word of God working in our lives, and we've got to have it resonating with the voice and continuity of the Spirit of God. So pray for that. Pray for those that have been sick in their body we will us ask God to, to, to begin to, to, to move in physical bodies and touch people as well <clears throat> father God I
1: come before you very humbly right now God God asking you to turn on the searchlight in my heart God to search me and to try me God God for I desire to know truth I desire to know you more God and my heart is breaking. Father, I lift up the body, your body that is out there that, God, I know that it's hungry and searching, God, and God, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit would bring light to them. God, I pray that today as, as we break this bread, as we open the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit would enlighten us. He would guide us into all truth, that it would Truly be a lamp to our feet, God. You said that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by you, yes. God. I just remember that verse that, that my steps, God, are ordered by you and my righteousness is in you, in Christ, God, that I can be righteous. God, I, I pray that revival would come, God, that, that you would begin to revive this nation and that I think of the, the scripture where we're in Chronicles where you said, if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. God, I pray that your body would humble themselves. That I would humble myself, Lord, Lord, first of all. And that others would follow and that we would seek your face, Lord. That we would pray, truly spend time on our knees, on our faces before you, God. We would shut our closet doors and go into the room and pray before You, Lord. And we would truly seek Your face. And we would hear from You, God. And not from a man, but we would actually hear from You. That Your Holy Spirit would actually speak into our lives. That He would guide us. And that, God, You said that if we would do that, God, if we would repent and turn from our wicked ways, God, I pray that a spirit of of repentance, that You would grant that gift of repentance. You said it's a gift. God, that You would grant mercy on the nation of America. God, that You would grant the gift of repentance one more time, that there could be a great awakening. God, not a great deception, but a great awakening. God, that You would open men's eyes and open their hearts to receive the gospel. God, that once again men would be turned from their ways and they would call out on you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. God, I beg you, Lord, to save them, God. I beg you, God, to have mercy on this nation, God. In my heart and in my eyes, I see how wicked it is. God, I know how wicked I've been. Yet you've shown me mercy, Lord. And I pray for mercy right now, God. God, don't destroy this nation. Give it one more chance, God. Yes. Give us one more chance, God. God, I... mm, God, I don't seek signs and wonders for myself, God. I, I know that Many just seek signs and wonders, Lord. But I pray that signs and wonders would be done to, to actually minister to the people, God, to heal their, their hurting, to heal their brokenness, to take the diseases off of them, Lord. God, I know it's not your desire, God, that people would be sick and hurting. God, it's your desire to, to heal them, you sent Your Son and He took stripes for their healing. God, I believe that, Lord. I've seen the sick heal. God, I yes, know Jesus, what You can do. God, I thank You for touching those that are out there right now that are sick. God, I, I pray that for a return to the Word of God, that, that Your body, that, that the Bride of Christ would once again have a hunger. Once again, have a thirst, God, for righteousness, God, God. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, God. If it's God, if it's bankruptcy, if this nation has to be bankrupt, God. I don't say damn America. The only thing I would say damn is damn up the sins and the hearts of men in America. Yes, God, be merciful in this nation god but whatever it takes i do say god whatever it's going to take in america god to bring america to its knees and to cause them to cry out to you the living god do it lord do it speedily do it now god now is the time today is a day i've never in my life sensed such an urgency god Sensed such a I, I, words can't explain it. I, as I was talking to Roy last night, I, words can't explain the way I feel right now, God. Lord, God, You've got to do something. Yes, Jesus. You've got to do something, God. God, bring us back to travail prayer. Give us, give us the nations, God. Give us, give us Your heart. Give us your, your heart, Lord. I pray for Your heart a heart of compassion, but a heart of righteousness and holiness. God, as we now turn to this Word, God, don't let us err in teaching it, God. I take not lightly what we're doing here, Lord. I don't take it lightly, God. You know my heart, God. Please, Holy Spirit, please, teach these people. Teach me today. Teach us. Teach us to be more like Christ. May Christ truly be formed in us today.
0: Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. But you obviously know, but some of you guys don't know, We on Friday nights, we typically, uh, you and I on Saturday nights as well, another team goes out, and sometimes we all go out both nights. But... Uh, we go out and, and, and witness on the on the streets here in Daytona beach something the lord's really been impressed on me is to start a Friday night prayer meeting and invite uh invite people to come to the prayer meeting but but not in our house not in the church building but there on the streets and to actually go out in these places that we go and witness to with the intention of praying and uh and, and then watch what God does in regards to the witness but uh I'm going to begin to to call people and area pastors, youth pastors, whatever it may be, street evangelists, invite them to come to our Friday night uh, prayer meeting this summer. Mm. And we'll, we'll host it right there on Seabreeze Street. And we'll just come together in that parking lot and just begin to pray uh, for heaven mm. to show up in a powerful way and begin to convict men of sin, of righteousness, mm. and judgment. And, and I think that will go a lot further than sometime our, our empty and powerless witness. That if we'll begin to seek his face, just like you, you quoted from Chronicles, but if his people will humble themselves and pray and repent from their wicked ways, that he'll hear our prayer, he'll forgive our sins, and he'll heal our land. And so, if you guys that are in the area, we're going to start that this coming Friday night, and we'll meet out there on the streets at 11 o'clock p.m. Uh, for prayer. And that's the reason we're going. We're going for prayer. And I'm believing that prayer is going to change things, it's going to start with us. And it's going to be an effective tool to launch us out in the ministry. You know, I know a lot of people that are praying and they're doing a 24-hour prayer. And that's great. But they're doing it locked away somewhere. You know, I want to do it with the doors of the upper room open out in the streets of our spiritual Jerusalems. And I'm going to believe that we're going out there and pray and begin to seek the face of God, it's going to do something. It's going to change people's hearts. So, you guys that are in the, in the Daytona Beach area that want to join us for that, uh, we're going to meet right there at Seabreeze in front of uh, the Razzles on 11 o'clock on Friday nights uh, throughout the summer and, and have a prayer meeting. And that's what we're going to go for. And... Uh, Uh, I believe that prayer leads to revival. I believe that prayer leads to the witness. I believe that prayer leads to holiness and salvation. And I believe that anything that's founded upon that principle of prayer is going to reap the dividends and the benefits. So I encourage you to come. If you're not in the area, if you want to come and join us out on the streets or join us right here on the Raven Institute and the Raven Nation, we'd love to have you come and and be our studio guest or or come and sit in on any of the work that we're doing here in the area. Also, uh, we're going to be, as a team, if you're listening to this live, we're going to be uh, the 22nd through the 26th of May. We're going to be in New York City. And I know several of the folks that are here with us uh, today are going to be there with us. If you're not, we we, would love for you to come. We're going to be flying into New York LaGuardia Airport there on the 22nd of May and minister on the streets, praying on the streets, worship on the streets, witnessing to people, seeing God do some tremendous Things the 22nd a Thursday through a Monday. That's Memorial Day weekend. We would love to have you. If, you're not, uh, if you haven't heard about it, if you're not a part of that, please make plans and be a part of what we're going to be doing up there in New York City. And I am believing God's going to bust something wide open in that city and in our hearts and lives May 22nd through the 26th as well. If you want more information on that, go to the website biggrace.com, click on New York City Outreaches, and you can do that. Or you can email me, raven at biggrace.com, raven at biggrace.com. We'd love to have you a part of that with us too. So praise God for that. Uh, we're in the 14th chapter of the book of Romans here and rapidly coming to a close. We'll actually close out the 14th chapter in tomorrow's broadcast. And uh, next week we'll be diving into chapter 15. And so we're, we're really drawn to a close as far as these 16 chapters of the book of Romans. But um, I, w- I want to read about five verses to you this morning. And some of them I, I, I've covered the, uh, yesterday and then we covered the day before. But they're going to really lead up to where we're going to be at today. And Paul the Apostle said, I know and am persuaded by the Lord that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if your brother be grieved with meat, now walkest you not in love? Destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ also died. Let not your God be evil spoken of, Uh, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit." For he that in these things, and here's our verse today we're going to launch off of. For he that in these things serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved unto men. What we've been talking about, folks, the last couple of days, if you've been live with us, is, uh, uh, is really the issue of how should, uh, how we really should place and apply the doctrines of the Holy Spirit that is delivered to us by way of the Apostle Paul. And Paul's main points here, as we've discussed, are, are love. Really, they've got to be funneled through love. That's, that's what the whole salvation message came through it came through love now when I say love folks I'm not talking about an ooey gooey do what you want type of love when I mention mercy I'm not talking about mercy this gives you. it's like that five day penalty uh, that you don't have to pay on a loan that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about the love of God that produces righteousness and holiness and opportunity towards repentance mm-hmm. his kindness that leads to repentance not a love that leads to more immorality mm-hmm. but a love that leads to consecration unto him and so it's that type of love what he's really talking about is got to be delivered from love, from a patience a willing to endure, and, and really that's the toughest thing, you know, we, we know that, it, it, that that it's going to produce a patience in our life, that, that holiness and righteousness it's going to produce an endurance we look at what, what it says, I believe over 50 times in the old covenant alone before the cross, before the shed blood of Jesus was made manifest, God is good and His mercy endures forever. Endurance, folks, is what patience is all about. And you know, it, 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 we know that our race is not to the swift nor to the strong, but what is mm-hmm. it to the one that endures to the end? And so, and also the third thing, which is t- some many times the, the toughest part, is self denial. That it's not a, a, about uh, how it's going to affect us, but how is our message, how is our life, how is our testimony going to affect someone else? And I shared this here in this program, you may have heard me say it as well, uh, Brother Scott. Is I was praying one day years ago when I was pastoring in Texas and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And, and, you know, here we were, a, a very outreach oriented church built upon discipleship. Most of our church was built through that, 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 that mechanism going out in the streets, discipling people, bringing them in, taking them into our homes, investing in their life. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day and he said, It's not good enough to be evangelistic. You've got to also be altruistic. Mm-hmm. And, folks, it's easy for us to go out and shout somebody down or hand somebody a track. That's the easy part. But being altruistic is living your life for the benefit of someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go out and say, "Listen, hey, I went out and I got me some notches in my belt. You know, I cast out this devil. I, this person got healed, and this person prayed the prayer." But am I living my life? Do I wake up every day and say, "God, how can I decrease that You might increase, Lord God? How can I be the doulos? How can I be the servant of God? How can I be the the least? Uh, uh, uh be uh, be be the the greatest servant uh, uh, in this world that I might be the greatest in the kingdom of God? How can I minister and do unto the least of these? Feed the hungry, clothe the naked. How can I do that, folks? That's being Altruistic. And so that is laying our life down. And so, you know, we see that, and those things seem easy as we talk about them. And they're easy things to talk about, but they're not easy things to walk in. You know what I'm saying? So, one of the things he is making clear in this, and we're going to talk about this just briefly this morning, is when he speaks to those that are sincere people, yet they are still on the milk. And folks, listen, I think a lot of times our frustration grows with people because they are sincere. But they are, they're still at that place. And, and consider that in the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. He said, we have much to say about this. And we've had much to say about this. But it's hard to explain because you're slow to learn. Now, have you ever been there? You know, I've said to myself many times, you know, Man, you know, I'm thinking internally, I'm talking to somebody about something, sharing something, whether it's in the street, whether it's in the church house, whether it's on the table through discipleship, and I'm thinking to myself, in my head many times, I don't verbalize it, but you know what, man, it's so tough, I'm I'm saying so much, but you are so slow slow to learn, how can you cannot get it? Then he says in verse 12, he said, in fact, by the time you ought to be teachers, you still need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. Have you ever felt that way? That you're talking to him, thinking, when are they going to get it? When are they going to understand? And he says, you need milk, not solid food. Then he says in verse 13, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with teachings about righteousness. And so, folks, listen, we see people that claim to be Christians, that claim to go to church, so to speak, claim to do all these things, be followers of Christ. And we look at their lives we say, well, you, you can't be because of that many times what it is is they've just never been skilled and they've never been matured to mm-hmm. eat beyond the milk of the Word. They've come to that place and they, they, somebody told them, this is what you've got to do to be saved. And they're great. And they just pushed away from the table. They never told them, listen, there's got to be a maturation process. You've got to go uh, past the, 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 the pureed pears and peas and come to the strong meat of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And it says because they're still an infant, they're not acquainted with teachings about Notice it didn't say, brother, teachings about the gifts of the Spirit. They're not acquainted with teachings about uh, great praise and worship. Folks, because what you'll see in in what we see, and here we are saying I'm not talking about the revival, what you'll see in many of these cases is people that are hungry. And, you know, i watch watched some of these things, and, and because of the advent of the Internet and, and instant access to these things, you don't have to be any place to see it. You know, here we are having this discussion, and we got people in New Mexico and in uh, Pennsylvania and in Texas and Indiana and in Wyoming. and, and all the, I mean, That's just the places that I can see here on the screen. But we, we bring it together so it's in, in real time. And so, but you see people that are very sincere. Amen. They are. But, you know, they're, and, and if you look at them, you're thinking, man, that person's really crying out. That that person is, is, is really uh, worshiping, that person there's people getting healed. But look look what he said. He said they're an infant, but they're not acquainted with the teachings of righteousness. Amen. Folks, listen, that's the key right there is righteousness. God has called us to, to be holy as He is holy, to walk in righteousness. But what happened is there's been people that have been, uh, that, that have been really arrested in their development because righteousness is not being preached. Now, you know, Paul the Apostle, when he addressed the church at Corinth, he said, listen, folks, he said, concerning spiritual gifts, he said, you're not behind anyone. You've got it going on. But there was a, a, a lack of love that, that, that produced a lack of righteousness in life. So there was, there was bickering, there was contentions among them. Why? Because for all the gifts, for all the power, there was not the teaching and the understanding with righteousness. But he said, solid food is for the mature. Now listen to this, the next part of that verse, verse 14, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Folks listen, when you through constant use and what we open this program with about the word, when you do that, what happens is it brings you to that place of maturity and it equates you with righteousness. And so, brother, you know what? My goal do I do I desire have I seen the power of God poured out? Yes I have. That I've seen that. I've seen miracles. I've seen God open deafened deaf ears. I've seen Him do, uh, heal the lame. I've seen those things. I've been a participant. But folks, my, 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 my desire and my goal and my passion is not the gifts. It's righteousness. Do you hear what I'm saying? Why is that? It's because I've seen through constant use and have been trained to distinguish good from evil. It was Jesus that said,
1: Don't rejoice that demons are subject to you and that you do miracles. But rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. And if you really study out that and look back in Revelations where it talks about blotting your name out of the book of life, right, there's, there's a way in which it's talking about how we should live and live righteously. And, and you know, really all those things aren't going to matter. It's, it, it, you know, there's going to be those that say on that day, Troy, um, I did this. I, 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 I prophesied. I prophesied. Cast and the, I cast out devils. I, I did miracles. I, I raised the dead, and he's going to say, "Depart from me!" I never knew. You mm. You know, when I when I read that scripture, it, it really blows my mind. I, I tremble when I hear that, brother, yeah. because it's really not about casting out demons. It's not about the miracles. It's not about healings or 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 that what it 's really about is knowing the God of the universe it's about righteousness and, and holiness righteousness. And, and and through knowing him as we as we know right. God he' is going to he, he, he is going to impute righteousness into us and he 's going to guide us into holiness he 's going to direct us our steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. What kind of man a, a righteous, righteous man. man, and how are we made righteous through Christ? a lot of you know one of the big tragedies today in the church is that We've taken the cross out out of out of the church. Right. We've taken the cross out of Christianity. We wear it on our necks, but we we haven't embraced it in our hearts. We haven't gone to the cross, yeah. and that was something God really really showed me. And, and really, um, I can say recently, I don't know that I'd ever really had had fully been to the cross myself. Mm-hmm. But God began to drive me there because He wants everything out of my life, Troy. Right? He doesn't want any. Of the world, and when you die friendship. on the cross, friendship with the world is enmity with God. Exactly, exactly. When you when you die, everything's gone. Right. You, you, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. And that's why we have immature Christians that, that use the I, well. You can't be perfect, and and you know, uh, you, you know, you judge not, and, and they say, and they don't even know what the scriptures say. No. Just tidbits, pieces. They're sincere. They're, they are absolutely They're sincere. sincere. They're drinking milk, but they they fail to chew on through the word and to really understand, you know, and, and that's where you have people, they, they read one scripture, you know, they, they get one scripture and they run off on it and they, they build a doctrine, they build a denomination on that one scripture, and they fail to go line upon line. Precept upon precept, a little yeah. here, a little there, and really get the full understanding because it's just like um you you brought some light to this to to us one day in Hebrews, we were talking at my house, you may not remember this, but a guy was there who's not serving the Lord now mm-hmm. who really I don't think he ever knew the Lord he six months in prison and he knew a lot about God, knew the scripture, who was very haughty and puffed up, but he was talking about. In Hebrews, where you turn back and there was another guy that was a buddy of ours, what brought up the conversation, a buddy of mine and Roy's um, out in the Midwest who, who was really dealing with that scripture in Hebrews where he, he had looked at some stuff on the Internet and felt like, man, he, there was no hope for him. Oh, yeah, And really, you read the book of Hebrews, if you read the whole book, and get the understanding of the whole book, you'll find that really what it's talking about there is that, that what they were doing, the people were going to the law and saying, okay, you've got Christianity, you've got Jesus, right. but now you've got to add the law. And he said, if you think that, if you think by taking some other means, there are no longer, when you take Christ out of the equation, there no longer remains. A, a way of salvation, a sacrifice, salve, a right. sacrifice. So you, because you've taken the sacrifice out. The law is not the sacrifice. Right. The law is Christ Jesus. Yeah. I mean, if you search all the scriptures, you'll see God will heal your backsliding. Sure,
0: absolutely. And,
1: and, and, and if, you, if, you stu- if you sin, it says if, not when, but if you sin, which He sinned, okay, we're not going to powder coat it. I've sinned. When I right. sin, if I repent, I have an advocate. I have an advocate. Jesus Christ forgives me of my sins, cleanses me again of all unrighteousness. And, and restores me to a right relationship with Him. He's faithful just to do that. Absolutely. But does, does that give us a right to to go out and sin? No. Absolutely God not. God forbid. Should we wink at sin? You know, I, I heard the other day, right back over there in Romans, and they were taking out of this very thing where it says, what, what's okay for uh, um, some is not okay for others. But they were, they weren't... Taking this was talking about food, they were talking about sexual immorality that it 's mm. okay for them to have sex out of marriage no it 's not they told my daughter in colombia the norwegians it 's okay it 's it's, it's not okay for you. it might be sin for you to have sex out of marriage, but it's it 's okay for us and that th- That just shows how shallow in the world it's and they so sincerely good. think they 've taken this one scripture and they think well. You know, that's what they've it, been told and taught. Exactly, and instead of searching the scriptures and seeing yeah. that all you have to do is look over in Corinthians, those who practice such things will not enter the kingdom yeah, of Galatians, God. Galatians, Ephesians. It, yeah. it's, it's really there, but we we read so little, we spend so little time in the Word, we spend so little time in prayer. We think we can pray for fifteen, twenty, even an hour with a with a, with a list of 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 our problems. Right. Not really knowing God, and we don't go to the Word, we don't read books of the Bible. Man, I challenge you if you're out there, pick up the Word, and don't, don't read Romans thirteen two. Read the book of Romans. Start in right. chapter 1, read through Romans, or Galatians, wherever it might be, First John, read the whole book. It's right. a letter. When, if I wrote you a letter, would you pick out lines out of the letter and read yeah. them? No. And if I cut that letter up, if I had four or five letters and cut them all up in different pieces, you'd get some kind of crazy mess. Right. When you get a letter, read the whole letter. Get the gist of what it's
0: saying. Exactly. You know, I was thinking about something you said, just about, you know, people that sincere, you know, they, they, they want them, they, they, they think they have the meat, they think they have the answers, but, it, you know, there's a young man that lives in our home uh, that we're uh, working with, discipling, and he has two children, and uh, every other weekend, the, the kids are here at the house with us and with him, and uh, he'll he'll set them in the in the house, and and he'll tell him, you know, he'll tell his, his little boy, his little girl, uh, what do you want to eat? Now they're babies, they're they're little, you know. They both get up and walk and talk, but they're still children, mm. and invariably they'll always say, we want some, we want cereal, or we want pancakes, and always something sweet. Right. And because he's young, because he's. Uh, 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 hasn't had a great a lot of experience as a father, what does he give them? He gives them the cereal and he gives them the, the pancakes with the syrup. because that's, And I tell him all the time, I say, I say, Rusty, listen, you don't need to ask them what they want to eat. What you need to do is feed them what's good for them. Because what happens is that's all they will ever want. I said, when you set them down to a plate of vegetables, you set them down to something that's going to be good for them, I said, they're going to turn their nose up at it. Why? Because the Word tells us that those who have drunk the old wine... When the new wine comes, something new, they don't immediately have a taste for it. Mm -hmm. And and folks, it's the same way. We've got to ingest the Word of God. We've got to ingest holiness and righteousness and purity. And, and folks, listen, we're talking Paul talking about, and you just mentioned the things that, that he's saying, listen, there's, there's certain things that, 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 that are divisive, certain things that, that you you don't. We're not, again, when we're talking about things that, that, that you allow it's not things of issues of immorality. We mention certain things. Holding certain days as Sabbaths, certain ways of dressing. And we're not talking about dressing seductively. We're just talking about, there's people that would see us with short sleeves on and think we were totally heretics, you know, just yeah. because well, you can see the skin on our, our beat up old construction Worker arms, and but it's not talking about that. And but there does come a time, folks. Really, and, and I wrote this down that, that that some of the things that Paul spoke of do become a big deal. Uh, and really, I stated a couple times that over the past few days uh, that and that I stated that there, there was a time that there were certain things that were okay in my life years ago, but right. today they're not okay. Right. And so they they would be a big deal today. And folks, really, there's things probably in my life that last week that they were okay. But today I find those things repugnant to myself, mm. and and there will come a day, folks, in which we are all called to do really a more thorough examination of our hearts and lives, and, and and really God is going to take us to a new and more demanding level of responsibility and maturity, and that's what Paul's trying to say. Listen, folks, listen. The, the, there's these things that, that 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 serve Christ and they're acceptable God and approved of men, but there's there's going to be come a time where we're going to have to walk in that righteousness and then that, that holiness. Now think about what Paul. Uh, Paul the Apostle said in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 6, he said, Here is a trustworthy saying. And so what kind of saying is it? It's a trustworthy saying. If anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. Brother, by by virtue of you being a minister of the gospel, you are an overseer. Many of you that are here with us today are overseers. He said, Now the overseer must be above reproach, Hmm. the husband of one wife, temperate, self-controlled, and that consists with Paul's message, respectable, hospitable, Able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. He said if anyone does not know how to do that or his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a novice or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. Folks, listen. Here's the key there. If that person is still a novice, even if they've been saved for many years... Okay, but have been setting really in a church where their spiritual uh, 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 growth has really been in that state of suspended animation, then we need to be patient with them and be careful not to place them or promote them to a place where their lack of biblical foundation will be exposed. We need to let them patiently learn and grow. What happens so many times, we'll see people and they're put in a position. They'll say, well, listen, I got, I got saved and immediately I've been thrust, uh, thrust in the limelight. I'm doing this. And, and they'll be in it for a while then suddenly the wheels start coming off. And you begin to hear it. We've been talking about different ones, and you can go on, folks. Praise God for the advent of the internet. People used to call it the beast and all these things. I I call it a blessing because it puts things in real time, and you know. And so you can go into these people. and You you can look, and and I do. I'm 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 probably overkill a lot of times. I uh, I I tease with Brother Steve. I said I get way too verbose on some of these things when we dialogue back uh, together through email. And but you know, there's that that evidence is out there, and you see, and I begin to look at one particular minister's a background who's at the at the heart of this revival and he has typewritten his 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 messages back to 2001. So it's about 7 years of these things. He's only 32 years old, mind you. So you go back 7 years and that's 25 years old. Now brother, I praise God that at 41, man, I'm not the same minister I was at 25. Mm-hmm. You know, I was pastoring at 25, but I think to myself, man, I can't believe who I was at 25 years old. I can't believe some of those things. So I know that, you know, there was things that God was, was teaching me. Praise God that I started in the ministry at 19. By the time I was 25, I'd been in the ministry for six years, but still yet, there was things that God was teaching me and bringing that maturation process. But one of the things that troubled me as I was looking is really the lack of a biblical foundation. Because uh, people begin to promote, not based upon the truth, But based upon manifestations, it was almost like, let's let's just bypass all of the requirements to get and search the Scripture to see if it's so. Because I can just blow you away with the manifestations. I can blow you away with my angelic visitations. I can blow you away with these things. And you must think that, man, it must mean that I pray all the time. It must mean that I'm in the Word because I've got all these things happening to me. Folks, listen. Paul the Apostle exposes these things. Listen he must not be a novice or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. Mm -hmm. But I want to say this. A novice has nothing to do with age. Period. Mm -hmm. Because there's people that are 60 or 70 years old that are still novices. novices. I've had people that I've talked to that you would think they'd sat in, quote, unquote, a church for years and years and years Mm -hmm. and you begin to give them the elementary teaching of the Word of God and they're scratching their head and they say, I've never heard that before. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to come to that place to learn and grow. Folks, listen. Here's kind of a personal testimony for myself. is this. I remembered about 19 years old my pastor coming to me and praying and prophesying over my life. Melanie and I had gotten married and I was working in the church and being discipled by him and mentored and, and being brought up into the, the, the work of the, 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 the ministry. And one of the things that he said to me as he began to pray over me and prophesy, he said, God is now going to begin to deal with you according to the call that he's placed upon your life. Mm. Now, folks, I really, I, I got I to say that I did not know the magnitude of that then. Twenty-something years ago, I did not know the magnitude of that. But he began to, to pray over me and prophesy. God is going to begin to deal with you according to the call. Mm. Now, folks, listen. If if somebody's just Joe Christian out mm-hmm. there and they're having these things we, we need to be patient with them, mm-hmm. we really do but the second that you move into this office of an overseer, as he mentions in 1 Timothy chapter 3 mm-hmm. verses 1 through 6 there is such a responsibility because of the lives that you are plugged into there, there is such a responsibility because of who you're speaking into the, the authority that you have, how people will take what you say and they will run with it there's got to be just a, a carefulness about that and so he began to to, to to speak that to me and say God's going to deal with you according to the call. Now, I didn't even have a full revelation or an understanding, even if I can use that term, of of what that call entailed or what it involved in my life. But I guarantee something, brother. God immediately began to deal with me according to the Mm. call. The things that prior to that seemed okay, the things that that, that seemed alright that I could get by with, so to speak. And I'm not talking about... uh, uh, Vast, you know, uh, uh, sexual immorality. I'm talking about just just things that that would cause a blight to come upon the message of the gospel and upon the minister. And, you know, I thank God that He did begin to deal with me according to the call. And I tell people all the time that I did not consider myself really born again until I was 18 years old. Not because I'd never gone to church. Not because I'd never spoken in tongues. Not because I'd never heard from the Lord. Not because I'd never received the, the revelation of the Word of God. Folks, listen, I had done and experienced all those things by that time. I had. I would cried out to God. I would felt His presence in amazing ways. I'd experienced dreams and, and vision. And, and, but because of the call, and because of, I had to take an inventory of my own heart, there was just no way that I could, I could honestly call myself born again, not based upon my experience, but based upon the word of truth. Because the standard that Jesus had established for the regeneration of the cross of Calvary, I knew it. And so, even though i 'd spoken tongues, even though i 'd had visions, even though i 'd heard the word and i 'd witnessed in these things. In my own heart, I could not reconcile the fact that I was born again until I came to that point where I knew what 2 Corinthians 5 17 meant. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. That there was a transformation that came into my life and my heart. God began to deal with me according to that call to holiness and righteousness. True, folks, I never used drugs. True, I never was in a game. True, I was never an alcoholic. True, I was was an A student. True, I I did not walk in in all-out rebellion to my parents. True, I didn't listen to, to the satanic music and smoke pot—true, all those things are true. But the Jesus that I wanted to serve demanded more than just a few don'ts out of my life. You hear what I'm saying? Come he on. demanded my very life. You quoted earlier from Galatians 2:20 that I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. But folks, you know, prior to that, it was too easy for me to take the advice of the one standing below the cross who said, "Why don't you come down from the cross and save yourself in this situation?" Did I come down every time? I didn't come down every time. I didn't come down uh, to save myself when it, when it dealt with drugs. I didn't come down to save myself when it dealt with alcohol, with, with some of these other things. But there was other times in my life that I found myself consistently coming down from the cross and saving myself. But Jesus said, if you are my disciple, you will deny yourself, take up your cross, Not part of the time, but you'll take it up on a daily basis and you will follow me. Folks, I didn't and do not want to see how much that I can be like the world around me and still qualify for the world to come. I want to see how much that I can be like the the, the world to come so that I can reach the world that is around me. That is my testimony of how God had brought me from that place of of just ingesting the milk and calling me saying, I'm going to deal with you and I want you to be to, to cut some teeth, so to speak, on the Word of God, and to begin to ingest those things that are going to bring you to maturity.
1: Let me, let me give you an example here in the Word of God, and I know how many of you have all heard the story of the prodigal son, mm-hmm. and it's about the prodigal son, right, being restored right. to to the father and coming back. In other words, the backslider, but. That just shows you how shallow we are in our teaching on parables. Right. And Chuck Smith once said, you shouldn't teach a parable till you've been in the Word for 15 years. Yeah. And really, I never saw this myself until several years back, but now I've been saved you know, 20-something years now. And if you notice, in, back in the first part of Luke 15, he's talking to the Pharisees. Right. This is a parable talking to the Pharisees. Not talking to... The the disciples, but to the Pharisees. And the whole parable of the prodigal son is not about the prodigal son. It's about the brother at the end of the chapter who is grieved and he's telling the Pharisees, this is you. This is you. And how many books are written on the prodigal son, but how few are written on the brother? Right, right. And we sow, you know, and and that's just an example. Now, and I'm not saying that God doesn't restore the prodigal son. He does. He does. Yeah. But that parable was really not about. He was not talking to the prodigal son there. Right. He was talking to the Pharisee there, who was the brother who yeah. said, "What is it? What's going on here? What what, what is this party? I hear. What <sighs> my brother went and spent all the money, and 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 now now you're going to give him a cow? You're going to reward you're, him. You're going to yeah. reward him? He said. I've been, uh, and he said, "I've kept your commandments." What were the Pharisees? I'm righteous. I'm
0: holy, and everything I had always belonged to you, exactly. But your brother was dead, (laughs) and now he's alive. So, what we
1: see is is a lack of really true, uh, uh, of spiritual discernment in the scriptures, and and you know, even older ministers that you hear, you 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 wonder how deep are they really in the Word. And, and believe me, Scott Durantz does not... I, I'm, I, I'm just a young child, really, in the Word. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know that I'm growing and God is growing me, but man, this Word I hear, uh, acceleration. Right. That, that, man, God is going to just put in you 15 years of knowledge instantly. <laughs> I, I, um, brothers and sisters, take heed. Yep. There's no man, shortcut. Man, there are no shortcuts with God. Man, it, it, it is, it is a, it, it's a daily walk it's it's a climb uh, uh, it's a mountain climb yep. you've got to when you get a truth of god you you, you put it like Troy. that one day drive when you're climbing mountains you drive that peg in you've got to drive that peg in yep. tie off to it and climb up a little higher and drive another and if yep. you slip if you've driven that peg in far that rope will catch you that's right if you don't drive your pegs in though if you don't tie off and learn that truth, yep. then you're gonna crash back down to the bottom yeah. and you're gonna to have to if you don't die completely, you're gonna to have to search back around the mountain and start climbing again. Yep. So my word to you is drive your pegs in, tie off to the Word of God. Begin to study the scriptures daily. Listen, I, I I've read Romans I don't know how many times mm-hmm. and I'm learning today. hmm it, there's so much will. there, you know. If, if it's 186 classes, if we teach another hundred, that would be 286 to get through the rest of Romans, and we just scratch. We, the service. we would scratch the service. <laughs> I, I believe you. Could, you could literally teach on Romans, Joy, until Jesus returns. Until Jesus returns. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, you really can.
1: It, there's just so much there, and the Word of God is like yeah. that. I mean. You, you. you There's so many truths in it and God is continually that's why it says line upon line precept, precept, precept upon precept. precept it's a building it, it's you a know content- the difference
0: between now and what I see and here, here's really the mercy of God the difference between now with people coming up and having the opportunity to to learn versus when we did 20 something years ago is access you know 20 something years ago you know uh, my friends sitting in Texas or wherever else we wouldn't be able to have this conversation together. Mm-hmm. And so where the acceleration comes, folks, is not with somebody saying, receive, receive, fire, 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 you're, you're fixed. But it's being able to have access to it. You know, what I would have given years ago, and, and praise God that I, I had a, I've had a pastor, unfortunately it was short term, he, he ended up leaving, and you know, that, that did invest into my life to a certain degree. But I, man, I wish I would have had the access mm-hmm. to somebody who had a love for the Word of God, that would just sit down and say, hey, let's go have a cup of coffee, and let's just pour over. What I would have given for that. Yeah. And folks, that's why for my life, listen, I don't want to make the same mistakes in somebody else's life as others made me. And so if it means me pouring over the Word of God and taking what He's shown me and sitting down in a format like this, for whoever would care to listen, to invest in you, just the nuggets. You know, I, I, I haven't arrived. I, I don't know it all. And, and the more I see, the, the, the more I realize just how little I actually do know. But I, I, if I can just take it and give you access to what God has shown to me, praise yeah. God, it will give you something to chew on and something to build really a case on in your own life. The
1: the, the Great Commission in Matthew 28 where it says, Go therefore and make disciples of the right. nations. You know, Jesus took three years with 12 guys. Yeah. Now, if you think in five minutes you can give somebody what it took Jesus, three years to give them, no. man, you, 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 you're, you're sorely wrong um it, it's a process, brother, and and uh you know, I've seen on Roy it said no C-section revival. Right. Revival has to be birthed and, full and it has to come through the birthing canal and it, yep. it's going to take time. And the same thing with Christian growth. Yeah. There there're no shortcuts, brothers and sisters. Listen. Salvation is immediately, but discipleship is the rest of your life. Absolutely. Every day. You're going to grow continually. And, and, and we're going to continually press towards the prize of the mark, yeah. uh, you know, of the calling in Christ Jesus. And we have to grow. We have to continue in the Word and be grounded. In, and And the sad thing is, I would say shame on those who are spiritual and aren't taking people and mentoring them. I know just like you, Troy, yeah. I I had very few people that would pour into my life and take the time to mentor me. And, and probably because of that, I stayed more immature for many years. that I could have grown had I not, you know, yeah, I had somebody lay hands on me and, and, and maybe impart a gift into me or, or, you know, and stir up that gift was that was in me or something. But, but to truly sit down and disciple me. So I went around eating food that was really bad, like these little children. They're going to eat what they, right. what I thought tastes good. Yep. And, I, and I really didn't know any better. And, and, and only thank God through His mercy and through, right. through His Holy Spirit, who was good enough to teach me the Word and, and train me in the Word and through years and years. But, man... I mean, my heart's desire is to take people and pour my life and yeah, pour what right. I know and, and, and to actually see them go further than I've gone, yep. to, to, to be more than I am and to, to and be there for them. What, what can I do to, to not lay, just lay hands on you and part some gift and, and, and speak some words of prophecy under, over you, but to, to train you in this, yep. to speak this into your life? To sit down with you every day like we're doing right here and, and break bread and, and to have you come to me and say, Well well, Brother Scott, what about this in the word? And if I don't know, well let's let's let's, let's, search, it, search, it. It. let's search it. again. Yeah, right? let's let's uh let's let's study. Let's find out what it means. Let's let's see what the Greek was saying, let's read other scriptures, let's compare scripture yeah. with scripture. My son called me from prison the other day and, and brought out a, a, a topic. He says, Dad, this is contradicting himself. He said that one time when Jesus called Peter and them he they they weren 't with his dad, he was with his brother, and another time he called him, and they were with his father and you know I, I really haven 't had time this was just the other day, but it, it, you know god doesn 't contradict himself right. so I want to sit down with him he's fixing to get out of jail I want to sit down with him and we're going to go through the word and I told him to keep going through the word but I'll guarantee you more than likely it's probably two different times Jesus may have seen him you know just because he came to you one day and said hey come follow me doesn't mean the next day Mm -hmm. or three days later he wasn't passing by and seeing him again and say, hey guys come on follow me Mm -hmm. you know how many times has Jesus called Scott Right. How many times has he reached down in the in the in the in the hog pen and picked me up? How many times has he said, "Come on, Scott, get up, sure. let's go, come on"? And what do you do with a child? You you come on, follow daddy, follow mommy, come on, come on, come on, come on, follow me. You don't just turn them loose and let them go playing traffic. You grab them
0: by the hand
1: you and you them. guide them.
0: Come and follow me, and I'll make you. Went fishers. When, when
1: your kids were little and you were leaving the house, Troy, did you not grab them and take them and put them in the car? <laughs> Absolutely absolutely exactly and and it, was, it wasn't was one time you continually did that until they started to learn they got a little bigger pretty soon you watched them you saw they knew how to get to the car but even then you, you continually watched them and, and made sure they were and, in and, it right and made sure they were in it until you know of course once they became teenagers you know you you, you didn't work but you still would look in the car I mean you, you don't drive off and,
0: Before they and got get in.
1: to New York and go uh oh Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, kind of like Mary and Joseph did with yeah. Jesus. Jesus. I at? mean, you wonder, I mean, you know, how can you get that far right. away? <laughs> and,
0: and you know, he he really brings all this, you know, kind of talk coming up, raising people up and discipling them in that 19th verse. He said, Therefore, let us follow after the things which do make for peace and things which whereof we may edify one another. And and, and what are these things, folks? These into the things that are found in the Word of God. And edify just basically means... To build up. Well now, now think about this just for a second in regards to building up, discipling people, and and, and really investing in the Word of God. I'm talking about, let us therefore uh, things which may edify or build up one another. Matthew sixteen, eighteen, and nineteen says this. And he said unto you, speaking to Peter, he said, You are Peter. You are Petros. You are a little rock. But upon this rock, the Petrus. He said, I will build, I will edify. It's the exact same word right. in the Greek. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom, and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I look at that verse for just a second. He said, Upon this rock I will build. Hmm. Upon this rock I will edify. Now, folks, I've read that. I've preached Matthew 16 dozens of times, at least, I'm so sure. But when I looked at this in conjunction with Romans fourteen nineteen, then I looked at what he's saying in Matthew sixteen eighteen and 19. He said, upon this rock I will build or I will edify. Folks, here's, here's my point that I want to make. Sometimes we try to build where there's no rock. Mm. We try to edify where there's no rock and we wonder why there are contentions because you cannot edify the unregenerate. Mm. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you, do you catch that this morning? He said, "Upon this rock, there's got to be a foundation before there can ever be edification." Right. I think sometimes what we try to do is build up, and we try to try to get somebody to get it. We try to get them to meet when there's never ever been a foundation. foundation. And so what happens is we become frustrated, we become discontented, we become uh, uh, unsure what is. Now think about this: Matthew chapter seven, verses twenty-six through twenty-seven. And he said, Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be like unto a foolish man which built, which edified the exact same word, his house upon the what, Not the rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Folks, what we're seeing here today In this day and age within Christianity, we're seeing so many people that are trying to build and trying to edify. They're they're preaching a revival with no rock. They're preaching a building up and an edification. Now think about this. It's a foolish man that built his house was there a house built? Yeah. Yes, there was. What Did it probably look like a lot of the other houses? Absolutely. Yes, it did. It probably seemed. But the difference was when the floods came, when the enemy shall come in like a flood. flood, that the Spirit mm-hmm. of the Lord will raise up the standard against him. What's the standard? It's the foundation mm-hmm. of this word that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That when they come, that the house it's will creation. fall, and great will the fall be of it. Brother, I look back, and because we are students of, of history and of the history of revival, I can see things that have been called revival but in the, the distinguishing point that I'm always looking for is the foundation of the Word. I mentioned that earlier, and we'll talk about this a little bit on Tuesday night. The foundation of these things have got to be the solid Word of God. The things that are tried, uh, tried and true, line upon line, precept on the precept, that when the floods come, when the opposition comes, what's going to happen? They're going to stand. But what's happened is there's been this edification, this being built upon something that does not have the solid rock, that cannot be verified in the Word of God, that cannot be a mandated. Through Scripture. And it's and it's like, you know what? God's just given us an extra revelation. Folks, listen, there is no scripture given by God that is for private interpretation. This is the word of God. Line upon line, precept upon precept, not adding to, not taking from. And if there's anything God wants to speak right here in this day and age, it has got to be able to fit through the through the screen and through the through the, the, the scrutiny of the Word of God. But what has happened so many times is there's been this edification, this building up. And you'll see people. You'll see people exciting. You'll see people crying out. You'll see people that seem right. to be worshiping. You'll see miracles. Then a year later, six months later, five years later, hmm. what what happened to them? Didn't hmm. I see them shaking uncontrollably, talking about how good God was hmm. on that video from 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 Pensacola? Didn't I see them talking about how God moved upon their life and in, in, in the Toronto blessing? Where are they at now? There was no rock. There was hmm. no foundation. And, and you know what? You get frustrated. I know I have. got frustrated when you try to tell somebody or teach something and they just could not get it. Maybe we're dealing with a foundation of sand that could not bear the weight of the building. Folks, listen. The genuine presence of God is genuinely a weighty thing. Heavy. It is heavy. It, it, it is the heaviness of God. It is the, the enormity of something. Is the glory of God is something that is heavy that will only stand upon the foundation of the truth and of righteousness. And he said in verse 20, and I, and I hope you I hope you got that. You may need to go back and listen to that again. I may to I may need to again. But he says, "For meat uh, uh, destroys not the work of God. All things endear it are pure, but is evil for a man that eateth uh, with with offense. Folks, really, what he's saying is, if really if if it's genuinely the meat of God's word, what it's going to be for is to build up. Amen. That's what it's for. It's not to destroy. That, that, that all things are pure. And what, he, what he's talking about there, he's not talking about pure in the sense of, of holiness. He's talking about, once again, he's talking about rituals. Listen, those things, if you get them the, 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 the intention, and we're talking, once again, about sincerity. Right. Those things are pure. They're sincere. But it, but it is evil for a man who eats uh, with offense. And so if I allow those things to become the offense, and I allow those things to become the focus, then right. I'm going to miss out on the foundation. foundation. Folks, we have got to come back to the place of the foundation. Mm-hmm. We've got to come back that whatever we build, we're building upon the rock wow. who is Christ Jesus. Amen. Because if less we're built upon that, any edifying upon it, once the storm comes, once the trial comes, mm-hmm. once the opposition comes, great will the fall of it be. Folks, we're totally out of time today. I hope you're getting something out of what we're talking about today. And we're going to finish out this 14th chapter of the book of Romans uh, in tomorrow's teaching. Are you going to be back tomorrow? Yeah. Are you going to be back? Okay. And Brother Scott will be here with me as well and I hope you will be as well. But folks, we just got one bit of advice for you. And, and once again, it gets more and more critical day by day. And that's get into the Word of God. And the Word of God will get into you.